Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Hey guys, welcome to I've Never Said This Before with me, Tommy D'Addario. Now today's guest is someone that I really couldn't love more. Candace King is an actress most known for her starring role as Caroline Forbes in The Vampire Diaries. We all know that smash hit series. And she's least known for her role as the redheaded girl complaining of menstrual cramps in 2007's film Juno. You can listen to her weekly podcast, a super bloom podcast where she interviews guests on the difficult moments in life that taught them great life lessons and created space for self-growth. I love that. She currently resides in Nashville, Tennessee with her two daughters and her many, many, many dead houseplants. <laughs> she is also one of my dearest friends that from the moment I met her, virtually during the pandemic, of course, I knew that she would just be a lifer for me. So let's see if today we can get Candace to say something that she's never said before. <laughs> Candace King, my friend. Oh my God. I am so excited to have you on today. Obviously, I think most people know you are one of my very dear friends. I don't know if everybody or most people knows that you are also one of the most humble people in the world. Candace came into town for Fashion Week and we went out to a really fancy restaurant called Budokan, which is delicious Asian inspired cuisine. And we were just talking and I looked at you and I said, my God, do people just recognize you all the time? You're such an easily recognizable person, especially playing Caroline for our eight plus seasons. And you were so like, humble man you said hey sometimes but not really you would be surprised it doesn't happen as often as you think then meanwhile on our way out two tables stopped and we're like shaking saying oh my god i just we have to say hi we didn't want to bother you but we're on our way out and we love you so much then we go to the parties that my agents are at for fashion week and of all people my agents freak out and they're like wait you didn't say you're bringing candace caroline forbes wait what we love her and i'm like i Guys, like, I'm here too. Hello. It's nice to see you again. You are so humble, but who doesn't know who you are? 
a lot of people. No, it's I'm sticking to what I told you that night. And I know that it makes may, might make some people uncomfortable, but I swear nobody recognizes me. And then one time a month, everybody in the world recognizes me. And I think it's because it's when I'm ovulating. And I know that sounds crazy, but I believe in the power of pheromones and the moon and whatever the currents of the oceans, whatever it is. It's one day a month all of a sudden everyone's like you're that girl and I'm like oh yeah what made me crack up that night is when we were at the first party and there was like this really awesome group of like younger people the youths as I like to call them because I feel very old and but they were like you're the tiktok person you're the voice on tiktok because there was a snippet of the character I played, Caroline Forbes. There was a line that she said that kind of went, that trended and went viral on TikTok. And so, so bad at social media. I actually hired someone to help me like learn how to do it. And she's the one that made me do this little TikTok. And I was like, that's so funny. Wait, Get I have to in. ask, what was the line? It's a scene where Caroline has her humanity off and she is basically trying to burn this letter that her mom wrote to her on her deathbed. And so she's telling this other character, Stefan, to burn the letter. And she's like, burn it. Did I say stand there and look stupid? No, I said burn it. And it's like this whole thing. But it was just so funny because like you just forget these lines, you forget the scenes, they all blend in. And the show premiered going on. This will be in the fall. It'll be 14 years ago. And it's just I forget. I And we lived a very normal life in Atlanta, Georgia. So even when I was on the show at its like height of popularity um, for the time, it was it's not like it w- it changed my life beyond I, I could breathe and put food on the table. Like that was the biggest thing. I was like, wow, I can pay rent. I have job security to a certain extent and I can buy nice shoes. But th- those were the biggest changes of my life. It wasn't like suddenly anytime I did a red carpet event or a party, like even when I was with you at those parties, those are so funny to me. Like they're so uncomfortable because I never rarely did them. Like I was more of a social butterfly it went in my like late teen pre-vampire diary club days. Like that was was way cooler than than I ever was when I was working on the show. <laughs> Two things. Number one, you must be ovulating every day because I swear <laughs> to God you get recognized every day, whether you want to admit it or not. Very cute, but come on. And number two, <laughs> you and I definitely bonded over our mutual fear and or hatred for doing those little photo op moments on the carpet and people screaming your name. I break out into a sweat. I'm like, no, get me out of here. (laughs) God, yeah. If there was any sort of just don't know, I would love, like I'm in awe of people that know just how to like stand in there and just feel like comfortable. Like I will always feel like Will Ferrell in (laughs) Talladega Nights being like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I can fake it. I'll fake it for a photo shoot, but it's just in that scenario. I still, I think it's just, it's just so magical and cool. And what you dream of Hollywood and being like successful in the tree to be. And there will always, I will always still feel the girl who's going to sit in the lunchroom and then is scared to figure out like if anyone will let me sit at the table. That is just, and that's what I'll work on in therapy for the rest of my life. I want to dive into Vampire Diaries a bit. I think I told you that during the pandemic, I had never watched a show prior and I actually had time to watch an eight season show. And my husband Gio and I just, we loved it. And I really understood, whoa, this show still has such a following and people go crazy over it. So I know you've talked a lot about the show and your experiences on it. So today I'm hoping to get some other insights from you. One being 
It was such a big part of your life for so many years, eight seasons, but I don't know what that equates to in years. What is the one thing you miss more than anything about being on that show, aside from people, aside from cast, aside from crew, that aside, what do you miss the most about being on The Vampire Diaries? I mean, you nailed it. And it's not just like a, here's the easy answer. Like it really is the people that you have this kind of shared language with because you are spending so many hours together in a day and in a matter of eight years, you go you go through a lot together. I think what I really miss is I just, I really love being on a set. Like I love to work. I had found a rhythm within that. I really loved the character that I played. I feel very grateful that I was never bored. Like the writers found, were always doing something really fun with Caroline that I just got to benefit off of. Whether it was just season one, she's like this queen bee and, but also highly insecure. And I just, I loved being able to play those highly insecure parts. <laughs> They're like, why does he never pick me? And I just, I just felt like that I could relate to that so much from when I was younger and in high school. So that's what I miss. I know that I'm not going to get that again. You know, you don't get that in a movie. It's really hard to see a show go that many years nowadays. So I'm very humbled by the opportunity that I had to experience that. And with that being said, what was your favorite Caroline era throughout the entire show? I liked when she had her humanity off. It was just so fun. It's It was just, we. there was like a scene where... I think it's when Ian was appropriately directing because there's like a big club scene. And so we had, we like did my hair like Britney Spears in the I'm a Slave for You video. It's like all twisted up and it slash like Jennifer Aniston when she went to the Oscars that year when it was all twisted. And it was just fun and it got to bring a different side of me out and that I usually keep more to myself, I guess. <laughs> she was a little bit more dominating and, and 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 more aggressive and assertive and so it was really fun to do that i'm just, I just gonna say that she, fun. she was a power bitch in that mode yes she was yes <laughs> do you ever go back and rewatch the show is it weird for you to do that do you ever catch it on like what's your relationship with the show now I've never rewatched it. In the first season, we all watched it. In the first couple seasons, every once in a while, if there was like a really big episode in which the crew had busted their butts and and we were over time a lot, they would, during lunch, they would show the episode on a big screen to be like, look how it turned out. Over the years, if I had to recap, I would watch it, but you fall off of it. It, it does become a job and you're there. You were there to see it all. <laughs> and so I haven't rewatched it. I'm waiting because my seven-year-old Florence wants to watch it. Your bestie. I uh, love her. She, <laughs> I know, so she really wants to watch it right now, but I'm like, it's too soon. She's asked me a lot of questions and she's horrified, horrified by the fact that because at first I was like, mommy had mommy, you're going to see her playing Caroline and Caroline kisses a lot of boys, kisses a lot of people. And she was like, oh, and then she was like, and I forget what she had asked me, but it was something about like clothes, like being, because she knows if I'm taking pictures, she's aware of like bath time and stuff. Like we've talked about like body safety rules. And she was like, you wouldn't be like, you've never been in your underwear on TV or something like that. And I was like, oh no. And I had to say, Mo mommy was in her 
I'm in a bra and underpants and I just am like, what conversation am I? But I want to be honest <laughs> with her. So that's, I'm waiting till she will be ready for that. It was difficult for my stepdaughters. I don't think that either of them got through it all because it's weird. The character that I played, she has a romantic relationship with almost every character on the show at one point or another. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The show is very sexy. There's a yes. lot of love, a lot of kissing, a lot of hooking up. A lot of hooking up. Even like by episode two, it is aggressively. I remember having to tell my parents because they were so excited. They're like, our daughter, they couldn't believe it. I'd never grown up acting. They're like, how the heck is all of a sudden our daughter's on TV? And my dad is a doctor and he's at the hospital, like turning the TVs on, trying to show his patients. And I was like, no, because there's literally by episode two, it is in brown underwear, in the bed. And Ian's head pops out from under the, there's just stuff going on that no parent or person who's about to get a surgery should probably be <laughs> watching. <laughs> they're searching. It's definitely spicy. It maybe would make their heart go a little it's faster than needed, but if you pulled it off, was there a favorite <laughs> love story or a partner for Caroline that you thought she was the best with? Uh, fans of the series always love Klaus and Caroline and which I've said many times over that I've just never understood it. And I think maybe it was just, I don't know, because I, I think it started off as just a joke. There was a scene in which Klaus, who's this big bad vampire, like of the like a historical vampire family, and he comes in and he saves Caroline. It was just supposed to be like a passing scene. Like he is supposed to be dealing with other people. And it's just like, I was the damsel in distress at that episode. 
And so the episode airs and all of a sudden, like Claroline, the names put together is trending like fire on Twitter. It, this is when like it was important for things to trend on Twitter and it was just going nuts. And the writers were like, that's weird. That's not that wasn't supposed to it wasn't even a romantic scene. And everyone's just like, we love them. We ship. So then they kept just being like, OK, we'll throw them a bone and just writing another scene. And then it would go again and then doing it again. And then it would go again. And it just never, ever stopped. So it turned into this kind of like cat and mouse between the writers and the fans of the show. As a TV watcher, I love a long, I love a slow, long burn. Like I will be Pacey and Joey all day long. Like even Grey's Anatomy, those early seasons, McDreamy, like I love a long burn. So I was always, and we were told early on that Caroline and Stefan would put probably be end game within that realm. So just as a TV watcher to be a part of a storyline that had that like long burn. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. I get to be a part of one of these slow burning romances. So I just, as a TV lover, loved that. How hard do you think it would be to get the gang back together again for some sort of special holiday episode or <laughs> mini series? Do you think that would ever happen? I don't know. I think it's still really soon. I think everyone's yeah. really busy. I think that there's always room for that down the road. It, it was a very significant, it meant, I think it also meant something different for each person that was a part of it. And th these were formative years for everyone, no matter what, no matter how you look at it. And I think all of that would definitely be an element of when and how that would happen and what it would the context of what this reunion would be but we all see each other we a lot of us do comic cons and conventions and so a lot of us see get to see each other a handful times a year which is fun you should be so proud i think when any artist i talk to is on a show for this long or part of something that is such a huge part of pop culture and leaves that lasting impression on people that it makes them feel like they're part of something bigger than their own lives and they feel like they have a community with you guys. I just think it's amazing that you were part of that creation. Crazy. This was my first pilot that I booked. It was, which is a episode zero of a series. I tested for a handful of them, but it was my first pilot season. I was wow. the greenest of the bunch. I was told that from the higher ups. Just what do you mean you were, we were told that? That because it was, this was a, we were a vampire show we, on our first, when we made it to Atlanta our, in our first read through, we were told Welcome to the show. This is the Vampire Diaries. No one's name is in the title. And we are here to make a good television show. We will be killing people off. So let's start. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, God. Okay. So you really Maybe. didn't know your fate when you signed on to never, do the show. It was never, never guaranteed. No, I wish I would. Like, I never even bought anything in Atlanta, which is insane looking back. That was my one thing by season three I was by season two at the end of season two I was looking to buy something and my parents have since been like we're sorry that was probably bad advice but they were like don't do it don't the second you buy something you're gonna be off that show because wow. you just didn't know and that's also is the, I think the exciting thing of being a viewer of a show like that you really don't know what was going to happen and we didn't have spoilers back then like you do now where you see people have exited the show or you see them working on something else already. Then it was like week by week. You're just like, what is going to happen next? And we actually, even when social media began and Instagram did pick up, we were 
signing things saying that we wouldn't, we would be legally like, it, look, I don't, I'm forgetting the exact, I have, I remember it being, <laughs> there would be ramifications if you posted about being on set or spoilers and you had to really think before you tweeted or posted anything, which is now everyone's like, please post as much as right. possible. We don't care. Go ahead and film the whole thing and post it. And <laughs> that's fine. It was just a different time. And that's so interesting to me that you were worried about not making another season or your fate because you just didn't know that was the nature of the show. But you were obviously in all eight seasons. You were one of the main characters and you became like the girl, right? Like at that point, did you say, I'm okay? (laughs) Well, by the time I would have, one of the actresses left the show in season six and I knew that there were some plans for what my trajectory was going to be within the net, the following season. And then I really threw them a loop when I showed up to our first cast read through and was like, I'm pregnant. Oh my God. Surprise. Everything that you guys have just spent the last four months writing, you're going to have to rewrite and reconfigure. <laughs> yeah. And I knew that I was, had job security then. You can't really kill anyone off that's pregnant. <laughs> that would be a problem. So that was probably the one time where I was like, ooh, I'm safe. Yeah. I'm safe now. But yeah, it just, it's funny. It just was always, there was always something. That's for sure. He just never knew what was going to happen the next season. You grew up playing this character, essentially, right? There's so much in our 20s that we learn about ourselves and we're discovering who we are. And you were doing that while on one of the most popular shows in the world, What do you think is one of the biggest life lessons you learned about yourself during that time period? Ooh, I appreciated how much they would write Caroline. She'd always say that she puts her foot in her mouth and she'd shame spirals and she does all these things. And the more that, and I do those same things. I definitely put my foot in my mouth and I have a lot of my own personal shame spiraling and wanting to control everything. And also you realize when you work on a long running TV show that the writers do under start to begin to write to you in a sense. They're servicing the storyline and the characters that they, the trajectories that they need to accomplish in order for it to be a good show, of course. But they're going to write to the cadence of your voice. They're going to start picking up on the way that you say things and the way that you do things. And it's going to find its way into the script. It always does. And I think that the more I kept reading it and seeing that it's actually okay. The more that I could accept Caroline for her faults in a lot of those ways, I started giving myself so much more grace in my faults in those in those ways. And it even go is rooted in it's so wild how we as people, some people can treat their friends and family with just such support and and lift them up and then turn around and just be their own worst enemy. And that the lesson of just having to be your own best friend. And I feel like that is something I learned a lot from playing that character is to just the self-acceptance with her being that mirror of saying, oh, that's okay. That's actually just a human quality and that's okay. It's not the worst quality in the world to have. It's like your character holding up a mirror to you as a human saying, it's all good. It's okay. I love that. I love that. Did you feel like there was a struggle at all with your mental health during those years being on the show and being in the spotlight and all of that? No, it's funny. I will say the first year I, I, I know this is going to sound silly or it could be, I should remove the word silly. The first year of working there, 
I never went to college. I never experienced the freshman 15. I moved to Georgia. I moved to Atlanta. I'm having the best time ever. I move into this great little apartment and I noticed that I wasn't, I had clothes weren't fitting. I I saw myself on screen. I could tell that like my body had changed and I was like, God, what am I, what, how did this happen? Just eating like bacon in a glass with a side of homemade peanut butter and drinking beer. I, like, how did this happen? <laughs> Obviously, I was just making really poor food choices and not taking care of my health because I was just like riding the high of this new experience. And I hear so often that like for actors or actresses that struggle with that, I'm, I felt really grateful that I just I went ahead and got a therapist and was like, hey, I need someone just to walk my hand to make sure that I'm not overcorrecting or undercorrecting and just make sure that I'm doing this for health reasons and not to serve like an unrealistic vanity perspective that because mm-hmm. bodies do change. And if I'm going to be on this show and if, if we're going to go for six, seven years, I can't like all of a sudden just stop living. Like I have to have a balanced lifestyle that just makes me healthy mm-hmm. and not trying to project an idea of what I'm supposed to look like on the screen. And that is the one like really big like mental health check that I did for myself. And I, and luckily I'm so grateful I don't struggle with any sort of like food or eating disorder or body dysmorphia. Like I, I'm very aware of that, that it's out of hand, it's out of your hands for a lot of people. But that is the one like mental health check that I did. I always saw a therapist that was always really helpful. We had an onset acting coach throughout the whole period of time who would walk us through scenes that were maybe more emotional or that felt like vulnerable. And I, I leaned on her almost like a second mom and therapist in a lot of ways. We were just in Atlanta. We had a great time. We weren't, it was not like a red carpet ego vanity thing. If anything, it was just like tiring, exhausting. So when did you start going to therapy? At what age? I started therapy when I was 18, when I was living in LA. I, I had other friends that were in therapy and things I needed to sort out and behavioral patterns I was already starting to recognize that I didn't really like. And so I started seeing a therapist and loved it. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I felt very lucky at the time I could. I'd had had, I'd been making my own money. I'd started off in music and I had signed some pretty financially stable deals. I had a part-time job as a personal assistant. I I was always doing something. So I felt very lucky that I was in a position to be able to go and see a therapist financially, be able to afford it. Something that I'm inspired by with you is that you talk so you know openly about using a therapist and going to therapy. And I told you privately, and I haven't talked about it publicly, but I went to therapy for the first time over the holidays. And it was it's people like you who made me feel like it was okay. And I know it sounds ridiculous because I'm 36 and you think, of course, it's okay. Everybody knows it's okay. But there's still that thing that people have where you think, I'm the guy everybody comes to for their problems. And I'm the one that always gives the advice. And I play the therapist in my friend groups and my family groups. So I can't possibly need to go myself. And that was something I had to get over to deal with some things I was working through. And it is people like you who shed a light on it that makes other people feel like it's okay. So I think it's awesome you so openly talk about it. Oh, man. I'm just really happy for you that you've been able to not only take that step, but found someone that you really 
like working with? Because I think that's an, another element. There's so many roadblocks on why someone might not go to therapy. One, it is really scary. Two, it is really sometimes it. I even go, this is such a waste. What am I doing? I could, if I, uh, let me total up all this money that I'm spending. This is insane because it, it's, it feels in that moment like what I want immediate results. And we are a generation of just wanting, you can order anything you want on Postmates and we'll be there within an hour. You can't do that with therapy. It does take a while. And what I always think is interesting is you don't have to be stuck with the first person that you meet. <laughs> Go meet a few people. No one's going to get their feelings hurt. And if they do get their feelings hurt and try to convince you not to leave them, that is not the right therapist for you. That is probably not a good therapist for anybody and that they need to go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Even though all therapists usually have their own therapist. But also it's usually... I have found in my years of going to seek counseling and therapy, it's always the session that I show up going, what am I going to talk about? I feel great. Everything's yeah. fine. And then I just start rambling about some way in the back of the brain cabinet thing and have the biggest breakthrough from those sessions. And it's amazing it, what a good therapist can connect into your, in your life from past to present to make it all make sense, which is what I find really valuable. And, and, I think that we're never not going through something. Everyone has a struggle. Everyone's going through something, right? So it's good to talk it out. It's really good to talk it out. And I also had realized that sometimes a healthy place to talk it out before you talk it out with your friends is with someone who like, because it, it's a lot, it, depending on what subject matter you're dealing with at the moment, it is nice to go to a safe place in mm. which if you decide afterwards, you're like, actually, I don't really want to share this with my friends yet because I want to make sure I know how I feel about it. And now I have this person who is legally obligated not to tell anyone and it could not be a safer place. Yeah, It's nice to sometimes check in with how you feel as opposed to people that you know that are in your life all the time yeah. and that you already can anticipate what they're going to tell you. And you usually talk to the people that you know will tell you what you want to hear. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. I get it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. 
Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. It's so good to be good to our mind, body, and souls. And I know that's something you you work on and strive to do. And speaking of being good to ourselves, you've you very openly have talked about a divorce you're going through, right? And a lot of people listening today are going through their own divorces or separations, breakups, whatever it may be. And sometimes it feels so hard to put one foot in front of the other and just keep going during it all. So how do you just keep going during something like that? Oh, man, I feel like as it is impossible to say that since 2020 and since March of 2020, we as a collect like it globally have not all just gone through something very traumatic Mm -hmm. that has involved grief or just the uprooting of our lives. So it is very interesting to be going through something that one, yes, I know that I'm not the first person in the world to go through a divorce, but, but that everyone's been going through something lately. It has been really interesting to be walking through something while everyone else is also feels very much more open and vulnerable to share in what they've experienced lately. So that has been really encouraging and a beautiful thing during these crazy couple of years that we've all been (laughs) putting one foot in front of the other. And I think that's part of it too. We're all still, no matter what you're going through, we are all still on one day or another putting just one foot in front of the other. I, there's also, I don't know. You just, you have to, I think with anything in life, unless you, you don't really know, like anyone who has lost a loved one, it's if you haven't been through that before, you just don't know. If you've not given, like for me, there. If you haven't had a similar birth experience, like there's certain things that you go through in life, or unless someone else, unless you've also been through it, you just don't know. So, I'm very encouraged by the fact that that there's so many wonderful people that just are willing to share in their experiences with me. And, and just watching them put one foot in front of the other is like such a wonderful thing. I, ke- I keep joking. We're very big into Frozen and Frozen 2 in this house. I have two young daughters and, and, and in my therapy session, it's funny just the putting one foot in front of the other. My therapist the other day was like, yeah, and then sometimes you just get to, you just got to do the next right thing. Cause it's easy in any spectrum of life to get be overwhelmed, whether it's like, a new job or whether it's moving or whether it's like people getting married or whether it's a divorce or whether it's having a child or whether it's matter what it can all, if you start trying to conceptualize the entire process at once, it's going to be overwhelming. And so just doing the next right thing. And I was like, have you ever seen frozen Two? Cause Anna sings an entire song about that. And that's exactly it. So, so it's really like therapy coupled with watching frozen Two over and over again. I think is what the world could benefit from. You just fixed the entire world. You're welcome, guys. Oh my You're God. <laughs> I am blessed to have that knowledge. Thank you. I'm going to go home and watch Frozen 2 and tell Gio that if it's not on when I get home, don't even show up. 
Yeah. And just, and then that's the thing. It's the new, you just keep swimming. It's, you just got to do the next right thing. I want to ask you about the concept of success. And what I mean by that is I look at you and you to me have achieved success that people dream of in their entire lives. Hopefully many receive it, but many don't. And you achieved that so young and so early in your life. Do you look at yourself and say, I am successful? And what's your relationship with like success today? Oh, man. This question five years ago would have been a completely different, would have had a completely different answer. Success five years ago would have been, I need to be on another show. Like I need to be on a half hour sitcom that films at CBS Radford that goes for 10 seasons and I get to pick up my kids from school and then I get to be there. And then it just, it was so based on optics and a checklist. And if I was doing all of those things, then I would just suddenly feel like happy and complete and successful. Success now is could look different on a daily basis. I This whole concept of having it all, I think for me, I realized having children, I, that there's uh, something's got to give. Anyone that's trying to say like, how do you do it? But then you have got the kids and then you got to build the lunch and then you get, and then you got to work and then you got, there's always something's got to give. There are some days where I crush it with work and I'm like bringing home the bacon. I'm like podcasting, I'm auditioning, I'm filming and I can't make it to this recital thing or I can't make it or I forgot to pack the little joke that my daughter begged for in lunch and now she's opening her lunchbox and I disappointed her because I promised and I broke the part. It's like there's always something. So I think now my level of success is am I enjoying what I'm doing with good people Am I able to provide for a roof food for myself and my children? And am I like finding a bit of joy in the day in some form of that? Like my two-year-old didn't feel super great last night, but she wanted to snuggle with me on the couch. And whereas, yeah, I needed, I had stuff I needed to do. It's okay. Let's let this be the little moment of joy. And I didn't do the dishes. They just sat stinking up the kitchen all night. You can't do it all, but I'd rather soak up that little bit of joy. Whereas the other day, my level of success was the whole house was clean and immaculate. Both kids were tucked in. I got all my work done and then danced with a glass of wine, doing all the dishes. And I was like, success. It just looks different every day, but it has simplified in these, in the last couple of years. It is definitely simplified. And so I think that's the, it looks different for everyone, but that's what it looks like for me at this point. Sometimes success to me is windexing my glass coffee table. Yes. Is anything a better feeling than a clean no. coffee table? <laughs> I don't know about that. No, I get that. I totally get it. I have a different version of that. But What's yes. your version? Oh, man. Mine is like planning something and executing oh, oh, it. Yep. When you come to New York, I know I better be penciled or penned in to your <laughs> itinerary and you are here, there, everywhere. I know. I love crushing an itinerary. <laughs> you yeah. Like I just, had a, I, I just had a weekend away at the lake with a bunch of my girlfriends in Atlanta. And we had one mom day and a friend of ours lent us her lake house, which was so kind. But we basically, instead of what we'd pay on an Airbnb, we applied to like things that day. So I was in charge of like 
planning it. So at 10, 1030, the mobile spa company showed up for massages, manis and petties. And then they were there till two in which then we had the charcuterie plate. And then by three, I said, we all need to get to the hot tub because we have one hour in the hot tub before the tarot card reader gets here. And then while the tarot card is reading our tarots, the, the chefs will be coming in through the back door, preparing our meal. And as soon as the sun is set, we will be toasting our glasses. And it all went out. I'm a psycho. I know. They were like, we're not like scheduled for anything. I was like, no, but we all need to get in the hot tub now or in the next 15 minutes. But you know what? It's a place of love. And I love that about you. You want people to have fun and enjoy their lives. And I love that. I love it Mm -hmm. so much. What is something that you're actively working on for yourself? Ooh, I think what I know what I'm actively working on is the knowing. Is that if I know the answers within myself to not I will always question myself. I don't think that's a bad thing. But to not question myself based off of other people by other people. I don't know if that makes it. Basically just knowing. And if like I'll use an example that actually doesn't apply to me, but I know that could apply to a lot of other people. I don't read. I don't go through comments on social media very often. I also don't. I've been very lucky in my realm of social media that I've just gotten really nice things said. But if there was like something said that wasn't very nice, instead of trying to like, that I knew wasn't true or didn't apply to me or had nothing to do with me, instead of trying to fix that or make it better or then let that throw me off of my own center of knowing myself and trying to like see myself through the that other person's eyes. Like maybe I am actually this and maybe, which doesn't mean again, that you don't question things. You don't receive like what other people are saying, but having that filter just be a little bit, that filtration system being a little bit stronger. So I'm not just letting everything in and being really sure of the things that I do know about myself. I'm turning 36 this year. I feel like that is what I've heard from a lot of women in my life that all of a sudden towards your late 30s, especially in your 40s, it is just like a knowing. And so I'm starting to feel all that, but to really to lean in and not let it throw me off balance of when I of questioning myself from things that don't have anything to do with me. And does that also include not comparing yourself to other people? Do you find yourself doing that from time I've to time? I've gotten a lot better with that a lot better with that because I also realized that is such an easy thing to do. And there's just at a certain point, you have to just accept it. This is my butt. This is what it looks like. It is what it is. I'm never going to just like, this is my body. This is my face. This is my personality. You know, like I can go to therapy forever for the rest of my life. And there are just going to be characteristics of myself that are just myself. And guess what? Not everyone is going to like that. And there are other ways that people are incredible at what they do and have the time and the energy and the drive and the motivation to apply themselves to certain things in their career that I maybe don't. And maybe that's okay. And like, it goes back to also the, what does success look like? Maybe their version of success and my version of success can look very different. And that is okay. Again, five years ago, I was drowning in comparison. Now I am like, I'm actually like breathing and I actually am excited in a different way to see people succeeding and and also excited because I know when you lift others up, it just makes you feel good and it lifts you up and you're just elevating everyone at that point. 
And that had to be, that was a reckoning. That was not just something I came up with one day. I had to like really look at myself and process all of that. And so I feel like it doesn't mean I'm like healed and I'm not going to have bad days, but it, I definitely have gotten a lot better with the comparison trap, but but trying to like convince someone, I don't like when someone's mad at me and I don't like when someone might not like something about me. I want to fix it. I want to convince them why they don't have to be mad at me and just letting that go. Like sometimes we're just going to get mad at each other. Sometimes we're going to see things differently. Candace, you know how much I love you. I love your heart. I love your spirit. I think that, you know, we met when you did my Instagram live pandemic show. And I don't think that was by accident. I believe, I don't believe in coincidences. I think we were meant to be in each other's lives. And what a beautiful friendship has bloomed and blossomed between us and you and my husband, Gio. And I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. Same. It is all reciprocated. Thank you so much. Truly. I'm so grateful that we met it just and it was just easy that's it's fun when life just makes sense there's so many days where you're just like what why and then when it just makes sense you're like oh okay i got this yeah i can roll with this it was meant to be thank you for coming on and i'm so excited for you and truly i'm just so excited i'm so excited for you thank you for having me oh thank you my friend we'll talk soon I've Never Said This Before is hosted by me, Tommy D'Addario. This podcast is produced and edited by Mike Coscarelli and executive producers are Andrew Puglisi and Katrina Norvell at iHeartRadio. I've Never Said This Before is part of the Elvis Duran Podcast Network on iHeart Podcasts. For more, rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And if you like this episode, tell your friends. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Tommy D'Addario. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 